Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 18. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the podcast. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly show where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running some kind of remote business while traveling full-time in their RV. This podcast is different than a lot of entrepreneur-related podcasts because the people I interview haven't launched multi-million dollar companies or have hundreds of employees. They're really just normal people who have started businesses that allow them to travel full-time and live a lifestyle that they choose. This podcast is also unlike most travel-related podcasts because we don't really discuss travel tips or destination ideas. It's more of an intersection between business, travel, and life on the road. It's a podcast for people who aren't just interested in a two-week vacation, but a long-term sort of travel lifestyle. Today, I'm interviewing a couple named Kim and Eric who are currently transitioning from living full-time on a boat to living full-time in an RV. And I thought their perspective would be interesting because so many people talk about the parallels between living on a boat and living in an RV, which there are a lot. And Alyssa rolls her eyes basically every time I talk about possibly wanting to live on a boat one day. So I doubt that's in the cards for us. But it was still fun to be able to sit down and talk with Kim and Eric who have been doing this for the better part of the past 10 years. And a few of the things that we talk about in today's show is how Eric has made a living as a musician and traveled all over the world. And what are the similarities between living on a boat versus living in an RV? Today's show is sponsored by Cobb Grill. The Cobb Grill is a high-end stainless steel grill that is easily portable and perfect for RVers. Our Cobb Grill is basically the most delicious thing to happen in my life since Alyssa started making me pulled pork baked potatoes, which is my favorite meal ever. We got our Cobb Grill last month, and it's essentially a miniature and a cheaper version of the Green Egg Grill, if you've ever heard of that. It's super popular right now. And a couple reasons why I love our Cobb Grill. Number one, it cooks more than just steaks and burgers. We grilled a pizza on it, and it was absolutely delicious. You can even bake a cake on it. Alyssa, if you're listening, I love red velvet. You know this. Number two, it's the perfect size for storing in our under storage and weighs less than 20 pounds. Plus, it emits no heat on the outside of the grill. So if you're grilling and it starts raining, you can literally pick up your grill and and move. If you want to learn more about the Cobb Grill, go to CobbGrillAmerica.com and use the discount code HeathPaget15 to get 15% off your purchase. And I highly recommend you pick up one of these grills. They are awesome. All right, let's get into today's show with Kim and Eric. All right, today I'm interviewing a couple named Kim and Eric. This summer they'll be traveling around the US with their two Macaw parrots. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Macaw. Yeah, you got Macaw. Yeah. Harley and Maylee and transitioning their life from living on a sailboat and working to living on a bus and working. Eric is a musician who's written over 200 songs and also released an album called Songs for Sale that has sold over 100,000 copies and went certified gold. And Kim is a yoga, yoga instructor who has taught in Mexico for several years and wrote a book called Yoga on Board for Boaters. That sounds awesome. And most recently, Kim and Eric bought and ran a waterfront restaurant in the Florida Keys for the past few years. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast with me today. You're oh, welcome. Yeah, thank you. From the outside looking in, and Eric, I, honestly, I was going to start this podcast by making like a Jimmy Buffett joke, but then I read on your on your website that <laughs> it looks like that joke is a little worn out, so I'm not I'm not going to. But in all sincerity, looking at y'all's websites and the way that you've decided to live your life the past X number of years, it looks like y'all have been on this epically long vacation. And I just want to know what is. What is your philosophy and outlook on the way you guys decided to live your life and why? Well, I think we we just we kind of live a vacation, but we work very hard, you know. So it's the the RV lifestyle is is what we're doing transitioning into 
from the boating lifestyle, but we both still work very hard. But, you know, and new, I guess it's, we work in new and exotic locations is a better <laughs> way to put it. Like, what was the inciting incident? Had you guys always thought we're going to kind of be these people who don't have a normal job and don't, you know, live in a regular house? I mean, what was the the beginning to all of this? I would say for me, uh, the first time I'd always, I raised my kids and I was raised camping and sailing every weekend. We'd go out for three or four days every weekend in the summertime. And the first, what I can call my first real vacation that I took with my kids was I made it three weeks long and I've always been under the the feelings like if I don't want to visit someplace for a week because you can't get to know the culture you can't get to know the people in that short of time and so I've always made it much longer without thinking okay I'm doing this lifestyle it was just I want to be someplace for six months at a time which I took my kids to Mexico and then I went back to Mexico at some point and it's just, you, you can't get to know places and people in a week's time. So I've just kind of, I just kind of fell into the vacation lifestyle. And we try to, people ask us, you know, where do you go for vacation? We're like, uh, we're here. <laughs> so it's, it's. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, and, and the kind of music I play, I, I tend to uh, play fun, you know, entertaining stuff for like tourists and stuff. So I get hired a lot at resorts. We just came back from uh, Buena, or what is it called, the Aventuras uh, Dreams Puerto, Resort. Puerto Aventuras. Aventuras in Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula. And just for kicks, we did one of the timeshare things. It was funny because they kept asking us, well, where do you like to vacation? Wouldn't you like more vacations? And we're like, um, we're actually always on vacation, but we're working. And they, didn't, they didn't know how to deal with us. <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. The timeshare where they they like give you the hardest sell in the world to try to convince you to buy it, like, like today, buy it right now kind of thing? Yeah, and it's more of a vacation time sale, so it's like they're selling you vacation lifestyle, sort of, you know, and resorts all around the world. And, and we, they just couldn't fathom that we, they say, kept saying, so you're here now, right? So how much did your vacation cost? I said, well, they paid me to come here. And they were just like shaking their heads. They had no idea what to say. We, we pretty much shut them down because they did not know how to deal with it. I love yeah. that. So when when somebody like that is having a conversation with you or just, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody at a bar or something, how do you guys explain to them what you do when they ask that question? Uh, that's a great – well, usually <laughs> when we're talking to people, it's either because I'm teaching or he's playing. And so it's kind of yeah. – It's an easier conversation it's, to have at that point, right? Totally. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. yeah. People are kind of shocked you know, that we live on a boat full time. And, you know, and the thing is, you know, with my music, I, I'm, I fly out all over the world to do shows. So I'm not just on the boat, but it's our base. It's our home. You know, we do travel with the boat and stuff and transitioning into the bus. The reason we did the transition, I guess, I don't know if that's what you'd asked before, but it's just kind of hard to take the boat to Kansas and Nebraska, you know, <laughs> and I do have fan bases out in the Midwest and, you know, it, it limits us. So that's why we used to do six months in our Sprinter conversion. But we're like, oh, we miss our boat. And we're like, wish we could have our home with us all the time. So we started thinking and it was Kim's idea, really. She goes, why don't we get another tour bus and sell the boat and just go full-time on the bus? And it just opens up so many doors for us. Yeah, it's going to be weird to go from floating and rocking around to just being completely flat all the time. Well, I actually asked Eric if he could make sure that we had some little motion at night to help me sleep. So Maybe installing like a waterbed or something in the <laughs> RV. There you go. Yeah, one of, those, one of those things that levels the bus out, you know, levelers just, just have to go up and down all the time. <laughs> 
Gosh, it's yeah. We were so we were talking before we before we press record. Just the type of security. I think it'd be awesome to be able to go around and sail. But I mean, do you guys are y'all spinning every day in marinas? Or are y'all on the open water sometimes? What does that look like? Usually, we've been in a slip just so we could have the creature comforts of air conditioning and stuff because we've always lived in the tropical areas and Wi-Fi and electric because we're on our computers so much. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time. I did some charters in the Bahamas and also down in Belize and stuff where it's where you're on the hook and it's that's a whole different way of being and it's it's again really back to nature. Explain them what on the hook is, is people don't know that. Oh, being on the hook is when you're at anchor. Gotcha. You just you can go anywhere that's safe and you lay you lay your anchor down and you just are hanging out. And our time is split up so much between the boat and touring, uh, you know, either flying to shows or, or taking the sprinter conversion to shows. So it's it's not a huge transition for us. It's just the boat. We can't do both. We can't own a boat, 41-foot boat and a big bus. It just, it's just impossible. To, yeah. you know, it's, and you wouldn't want to because boat takes so much. To be on a boat, you have to be on it a lot to maintain it. And I wouldn't want her to sit there and, you know, and, and – go into, you know, into a bad shape. So it's either going to be a boat or a bus. So we decided we're going to switch to the bus so we can see more of America. I like it. I think looking at what you guys, the kind of lives you all have created for yourself, I know that, you know, there's so many people, I'm sure that whenever some you're doing a show somewhere, either in the Florida Keys or around the world where you, where you travel, there's probably a lot of these people are on vacation, right? When they interact with you? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So do they are they asking you questions like, man, you know, I wish I could stay here or, you know, I wish I could do what you do. Do you all get that a lot? Yeah. It's, especially when we lived in the Virgin yeah, Islands. We got that a say, lot. Yeah. Man, I wish I could just come over here and work. And really, It's yeah. funny because people say that stuff and it boils down to you just got to take action because like when I first got my gig in the Virgin Islands, I'd been on the road for six months with the band. And I was burned out. I mean, this traveling with a band and traveling with your wife is two different things. <laughs> and so, so I took a job as a dive boat captain just to take a break from music, honestly. And I got offered a gig in the VI in, in St. Thomas. And I realized after a few days, there's no money in this. I couldn't make any money because they weren't tipping and all that. And so I said, well, maybe I'll just pick up a couple of gigs. And I made a couple of phone calls. And within a week, I was playing six nights a week already, and I was like, oh my God, I'm back in it again. But it was different because I wasn't traveling as much because I was just in the VI. And then I got moved over to the British Virgin Islands, and that's when you get those questions all the time, like, wow, or you know, people say, I wish I could do this. And I'm like, well, you really can. You just got to do it. You just can't say I wish. You just do it. Yeah. What do you guys think is the biggest thing that holds people back from living this lifestyle, doing what you guys are doing? I would say there a couple different things. One is financial fear. You know, how how do I do this? And and a big one too, I think, is is either their own or others' judgment about it because of the perception of oh, you're going to just go out and you you don't have a real job. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I I still get that from my dad. When are you going to get a real job? I'm like, <laughs> come on, dad, we're making money here. That's a real job. <laughs> And I think part of it is people are used to things. They get the creatures of habit. And like, mm-hmm. you know, all my friends, a lot of my friends, they still live in Texas, you know, not too far from where you're from. And, uh, you know, they all still do the same thing. They, they live within 15 miles of where they were born and raised. And I, I just couldn't wait to get out. And, it's not, and I love Texas, but I wanted, I knew that I wanted to see more. 
And once I took my first trip to Cozumel in my Spanish club in high school, I was like, oh boy. And I got a job with the airlines just so I could travel the world. And that's kind of how my travel bug first started. But I think a lot of people are just scared to, mm -hmm. or not scared, they're just used to being with their friends and their family, comfort of home and all that stuff. Yeah, that that makes sense. And we saw that a lot when we were talking to people on the road. We did a documentary, our documentary, Hourly America. I'm not sure if you guys got to, to read about that on our website, but uh -huh. basically just traveling around interviewing people. And we, we met a lot of folks who did uh, seasonal jobs, whether it was in Denali National Park or, you know, some type of job where they may be on a boat or something. There was this stigma around the idea of whether or not, quote unquote, it's a real job. And so that exactly. seems to be just kind of this underlying conversation that not a lot of people have, but it comes up a lot, it seems mm -hmm. like. man. Yeah, definitely. No kidding. That's for sure. You're from Hampshire, Finette, which is close to where I'm from in Baytown, Texas. And most of my friends grew up and went to go work in the chemical plants. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You can make a good living. That's what my dad did uh, for, and, you know, supported us. But, you know, you're also – you get maybe like one or two days off a year and, you, you know, you work your butt off. And so what are the, some of the trade-offs that you guys have maybe had choosing lifestyle that traveling around, not necessarily knowing what your next gig is going to be and where it's going to be? So what are the trade-offs for doing that versus, I guess, what everybody else does <laughs> or a lot of people? I don't want to say everybody else, but a lot of people. Well, the the first word that comes to mind is freedom, which – Really, it can be scary because sometimes I think to myself, okay, I've got all these options. What am I going to do next? And it's like, why are there so many options? <laughs> I need to choose something. I think and, in the beginning for me, the only trade-off that I can really think of because I enjoy doing it is that uh, in the very beginning, I would talk to my friends and they'd go, oh, man, you missed it this weekend. You missed out. You should have been here. And I'm like, you know, but you get over that after a while because there's so many adventures, new adventures that that they're not seeing too and and or anybody you know it's i think that's the only thing really as far as a negative trade-off i can't really think of anything else just not seeing your friend your normal friends i guess you know and and in the lifestyle that you guys are doing i mean you don't probably think of retirement in the same way that most people think of retirement because if you're working for 40 years and that's not necessarily maybe loving your job, but you have this kind of light at the end of the horizon that says, once I get to be 60 or 62 or whenever I can cash out my chips, I can go spend all my time going to the British Virgin Islands. Do you think with y'all's lifestyle, you'll just kind of continue teaching people yoga or traveling around, doing tours, music, pushing out more albums, and you just, you don't really care as much about not having to work? Kim? That's a great question. I hadn't really thought about it. I'm, I've, figure we'll just keep going until we can't go anymore. Do I mean, when you love what you're doing, it's not work. Yeah, it's so, almost like we're retired, but we're, we're still working. I mean, we do yeah. work hard, and sometimes the schedules can get real intense, especially when you're flying and stuff. And But, I mean, it's just, it's, it almost seems like we're retired, but still working, I guess. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but... Yeah. Has, we're just, go ahead. We're just, play, we're just playing. Yeah. We're having fun <laughs> and, and hopefully changing some lives in the process. Yeah. And the last three years, you guys went out and bought a restaurant that was a uh, waterfront in the Florida Keys and y'all ran that. It seems like y'all are just trying to, you know, hey, this sounds fun. Let's go try to do that. Well, it's, can you tell about how it happened? Yeah. Go ahead. It was kind of funny because we had the boat in Marathon in the Keys and we were working on it. We had it on the hard. So that means you're up on the sticks. So it's out of the water. And we're sanding the bottom and painting the bottom, getting it ready for another season in the Virgin Islands. And so we're there, you know, pretty, we we're a fairly long time there because it's summertime, uh, is, VI is very dead. 
So I was playing at this local bar and I played at it for years on and off here and there. And I went to play there one day and it went out of business. And, and we had been on the road so long, we thought, I thought I wanted to get off the road. That's the funny part. So we made an offer to this place and we worked out a deal and we took over the restaurant and we ran it for three years and it was a great experience, but man, did I miss the road. <laughs> like as soon as we got into it, it was like, I sure miss traveling. Cause we're kind of, when you're with a restaurant, believe me, it's hard work and you are stuck there and you can't, you got to stay around. What do you guys think you took away from that experience? I, I learned how to be a great bookkeeper. Yeah, for sure. That's, for sure. <laughs> that's a good skill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of lessons learned. A lot of customer relationships lessons. And I learned, I learned how to be a booking agent because I was, you know, I booked my own gigs, but I was on the other side, which is, you see things differently when you're a club owner. And we had music seven nights a week. So I, I learned things that I thought I knew about my side of the music that I was wrong about their side of the music. You know, because I thought, oh, these restaurants, they make so much money. They can afford to pay me $1,000 a night. No, not all restaurants can afford to pay you $1,000 a night. And I learned that right away. And I felt, you know, it was hard for me to be a, an agent there because I wanted to book all my friends there. And I wanted to pay them enormous amounts of money to play music. And I couldn't because I had to be a businessman. So it was... It had to be a, a, a little bit of a trade, you know, a fair trade. Yeah, very cool. That sounds awesome. I'm so jealous of the way that you guys have been living your life the past few years. Alyssa and I have been trying to figure out how we can get to uh, either Aruba or Cabo or just somewhere, you know, beachside, you know, sometime this fall because we've been doing the RV thing, traveling around the country for a while and seeing a lot of cool stuff. But I just want some time on a beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. Everybody yeah. needs need some time on a beach. Do you guys feel like... Because of the nature of the lifestyle you, you guys chose, I know you all work really hard sometimes, but you all seem like probably two of the most relaxed people ever. I mean, you teach yoga, and Eric, you, you play island music with a mix of country and pop at you know at bars and things like that. I mean, are you all pretty low-key people as far as just, do you all get stressed out a lot? Well, just coming out of the restaurant, the answer to that would be yes. But <laughs> normally, prior to the restaurant, no. We're pretty chill. Yeah, we're, we're still in a transition stage. We, we haven't been closed that long. <clears throat> you know, and uh, so we're, we're getting back into the full-time touring and booking. And I'm learning how to tour again or how, how to book tours again. And it's uh, it's like riding a bicycle a little bit. But we're in that transitional stress stressful stage where we're just jumping back into it, really. And uh, it's going pretty good, like. But it, it's it's pretty intense sometimes, you know. Like Saturday, I fly to Tulsa <coughs> and I play, and then Sunday I fly back, and then the, two days later we fly to the British Virgin Islands and play for a week, and then come back. And so, and then then our tour, our actual you know land tour, will begin in July, and that'll be all across the United States. Uh, and that, that hopefully that tour is just never going to end. Just tour, <laughs> tour, tour. <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually been seeing more and more musicians who are hitting the road in RVs and going to do tours across the country. And these aren't necessarily musicians who have signed with big labels or anything. They're just out hustling, making it happen. And I, w I mean, is this something that has always been a thing? You know, even if you're not signed, you can buy a, buy a bus or something and just go travel around the country. Have you guys met a lot of people who do that? Absolutely. I mean, I know I have a ton of friends that there's this, there's this movement uh, that in this genre that I, I'm kind of into it's called trop rock, tropical rock. And it's a, uh, there's this house concert thing where people open up their houses to musicians in their backyard or whatever. And they accept donations and all the donations go to the singer songwriter and they're all over the country. You could literally book an entire years of tours of just playing in people's backyards. 
and it, it's uh, the things I've learned about touring, and it's changed, and the internet changed a lot of that too. So, you know, you can you can do you can bring do announcements and stuff on Facebook and stuff, and it's 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 endless possibilities. So you don't have to be on a label. I mean, it, I think a label's a bad idea for some people because it constrains you to certain rules. And then you know, I don't know. I've been so I've been independent for so long. I have thirteen albums. I was at one time signed to a small label in Nashville, and they wanted me to be somebody I wasn't, and it just didn't work out. And so I said, I got to do what I know how to do, and just do it my way. Yeah, has been the majority of the income that you've brought in over the past ten years, Eric. Has that mostly been from either CD sales or live music gigs? That I say, it's, yeah, I say it's a mix of both. I mean, I literally, besides running the restaurant, which didn't take a salary anyway. Uh, all my income has been music related. I've done written a lot of theme songs for TV shows. So, you know, there's a royalty thing that comes in as well. I perform. So I think it's a 50-50 mix of performing and selling music. CDs don't sell like they used to in 2007 and 2008. Everybody wants downloads. But when you go to a show, you will sell products at shows. You know, you will sell merchandise. So it's better to have shirts and hats and all kind of stuff. People want something physical. But a lot of people still would rather just download your album. So you got to have that out there as well, you know? Yeah. What has been your outlook as far as just creating new music over the years? I mean, what's been, what's inspired you to keep producing new albums and keep touring and making more music? Because I'm sure there's been points where like any person who is entrepreneurial doing their own thing outside of a job, there's been rough patches where, you know, income hasn't been what it, you wanted it to be or something like that. So what is it, what's kind of kept you going? I'm going to let Eric answer that, but I do want to say from my perspective, it's demand. He's got a huge fan base and they are constantly, when's the next CD coming out? When's the next CD coming out? So that's how I see it, what keeps him inspired. But Eric, you can give your answer. I love that. Keep, I think, keep I think, him accountable. Yeah, well, I, think, I think you're right. And the only reason I haven't put on a new album is because of the restaurant. You know, my last album was called Time to Fly and it came out right before uh, the restaurant and we were so busy with this restaurant that I couldn't record. I, I mean, I've recorded a few songs and you know, for other people and stuff and pitched some songs for other artists. But as far as a complete album, my, my next album is going to be called American, the American dream, <clears throat> excuse me, the American dream. And that's why we're doing the American dream tour. And, uh, it's just, it's about our dream now is the American dream. I think has changed for some people. You know, it's not just necessarily a house with a picket fence. And that is still a dream for a lot of people. And there's, it's perfect, perfectly good dream. But for us, it's just being able to be free and do what we want, when we want. And I think that's a great dream because there's probably places in the world you can't do that. I mean, I know there is. I mean, that's been a lot of the conversations that we've had on this podcast as people kind of reevaluating, questioning what is that American dream look like? And because our whole life, we're kind of spoon fed that it's one thing. And then you start growing up and realizing, hey, there's more opportunity. I can actually be a musician and get paid to go travel around the country. And I don't necessarily have to be one of the, you know, billboard chart top 40 guys making hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to make a good living doing something that I enjoy. I mean, if you're talking to yourself as a 20-year-old musician, and Kim, I'd love to hear your your take on this as well, but, uh, you know, what would you, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Would you do anything differently? Uh, for me, well, you know, the internet, I think, has changed. It, 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 if before the internet, I think it was very difficult to be an independent musician and sell records. But when the internet came out, it changed the whole ball game. It, it hurt record labels. You know, it hurt Nashville. It hurt 
LA as far as regular CD sales because you know, MP3s now are just so they're everywhere. Uh, I think it just enabled people to actually reach out and be make more of a, an impact where a label, you don't need a label behind you to uh, to do your marketing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, what, what was the original question? I kind of forgot it now. <laughs> if you were, I mean, if you were starting. Advice if you, to 20 year olds. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the, that's the thing. I guess that's where I was going. It's different now than when I was 20. You know what I mean? I guess if you it, were a 20 year old now, yeah, what would that, what would you, what would you say to go do if you wanted to make it as a musician? It depends on what your idea of making it is. You know, some people think making it is getting signed. That's the old cliche. Oh, I'm going to get, going to get signed. I think making it now is making a living as a musician, writing the songs that you want to write, uh, doing the kind of music that, that it's true to you. I think that's truly making it now as a 20 year old musician, you know? Yeah. I think it's, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say there's, I mean, you're, there's, you can make it back in, I guess, like you were saying 20 years ago, uh, even is the same in book publishing. You know, book publishing, you got signed to a uh, publishing company if you wanted to publish a book, and that was the way to do it. And then, you know, the whole market has opened up for other people to join in. And it, even the same with acting. You know, if you look at entertainment, it's like you don't have to join, uh, you know, be a big actor to be able to make a, You can start your own YouTube channel. You know, it's this whole take permission um you know, just jump in the economy. And so it's, it's interesting to see. Yeah. But being an independent musician nowadays, you have so many options, you know, you can, you can play bars and restaurants, you can play house concerts, you have social media to get your word out there. Uh, it's easy now to write and record a CD. You know, it used to be like, Ooh, I remember when I saw my first CD, a friend of mine uh, from Texas put out a CD. I'm like, you have a CD. Wow. <laughs> I was like, how, how do you do that? You know? And as, I think it's just easier now. I really think if you want to be a touring professional musician, it's easier. You know, there's CD Baby. You know, you talk a lot about Derek Sievers, or how you ever say his last name. Yeah, Derek Sievers, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's an inspiration to me, too. You know, I've emailed him a few times. We've been back and forth. And uh, CD Baby opened up basically a record label for everybody. You know, you can put your CDs in one place. They sell them from there. They ship them from there. And, you know, I've made a lot of money with CD Baby over the years, you know, and I, I appreciate what they do. Uh, going back to y'all's lifestyle on the sailboat, uh, because I, I've heard from so many people that it is, it, the lifestyle on a sailboat is pretty similar to the lifestyle in the RV. What did that working situation look like for you guys when you were, when, while you were living on the sailboat? I mean, as far as, you know, what does y'all's working relationship dynamic look like when y'all are there? And what is that like? Well, we've got, you know, obviously very small space in the sailboat. And it's even, even though the boat was 41 foot long, just because of the shape of the boat, it's, it's much smaller space. And having the two birds on the boat makes that even smaller because they need big cages. So Eric had his little workspace and I had my little workspace and we'd both just be just on the computers working and writing and researching. And if I needed space to spread out, I'd take all my work back and lay it out on the bed and work there. And it's just like a yeah. normal day, I guess. <laughs> you, make, you, make, you work with what you have, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. 
It sounds a lot like Alyssa and I. We, I kind of have, I get, I bought her an iMac, and so she decided she's going to take up the whole dinette table because she edits. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. that she gets it. But yeah, I kind of, I get the seed that I'm hunched over. So I'll have a bad back when we're older, but my wife will be happy. So it's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe so you can teach me some good yoga poses, so I, you know, you I can do them in the RV. Oh well, I'll tell you what. It's funny you say that because when I released my book Yoga on Board. I had, I can't tell you how many people say, are you going to do one for RVers as well? And I never really thought about it, but now guess what my next project's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yoga for RVers. Yeah. So, and it's, it's an easy transposition because I, the premise of my book, it's a basic yoga instruction book, but it teaches people to how they can adapt to space constraints or travel constraints or physical constraints you know every every body is different and so when you're doing any sort of physical fitness it's going to look different than the person next to you and really teaching people to accept that and accept that you might not be able to lay your mat out or do your weightlifting or whatever the same way you would do it in a gym and just making it part of a lifestyle and it's one thing with yoga yoga is a lifestyle and I've kinda, I'm kind of going more into like the healthy cruising versus just yoga because there's a lot of people that hear the word yoga and kind of go, no, thank you. So I'm really focusing on nutrition and walking and, you know, just being healthy, all the different things you can do to be healthy. And yes, yoga is one of them because that's my passion. Yeah, absolutely. I That's a huge struggle for me personally, just being in the RV is I played ball in college and I was so used to being in groups where they push us to work out and so you're always part of this kind of routine and since we moved into the RV uh, I've struggled to work out consistently we've done things like we joined planet fitness so we could work out when we were traveling across the country but then that was never all the time it was kind of we would just go in from time to time you know mm-hmm. and then uh, but we've been walking in the mornings and things like that but it's still more difficult and I would love to be able to do more yoga uh, I've only done it actually once in a actual yoga setting in a studio and I loved it because I was stressed I was like dri- we were driving our RV into New York City later that day and so I was just had so much mental stuff happening in my head freaking out so it was probably the perfect day to try yoga but exactly. I would, you know, I'd love to be able to keep up with you guys and, and hear some of the advice that you have for, you know, how to make this route something that gets integrated into a routine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the biggest struggle, even for people that aren't living our lifestyle is discipline. It's self-discipline and being committed to being healthy. And and I work a lot with people on that as well. And I'm kind of going through like with with Eric being on tour that's what musicians do is they tour a yoga instructor. I've always had it in my head. I need to be in one place so I can create my following. So I'm in the process right now of kind of redefining what it means to be a yoga instructor and what it means to be a traveling yoga instructor and how to take what I'm doing on the road on a regular basis and um, I'm working to, on, on something to bring together yoga instructors that have a wandering disposition together with venues and resorts and boats, places that they can work. Just, you know, as they're rolling through town, places that want to have guest teachers, which is always a good thing. So I'm working on bringing those two entities together, the teachers with the venues. 
I love that. There's a there's a blog that if you guys while y'all are researching yeah. RVing uh, called the Fit RV, and they talk oh, okay. they talk a lot about just staying healthy on the road, and uh, and so I would definitely recommend you guys check them out and hit them up. They're part of the Winnebago Life blogging team, and so uh, they seem like good people. I've never really hung out with them, but you seem like y'all would have a lot of common ground. Yeah, that's yeah, wonderful. That's, cool. yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I have only one more question for you guys. And uh, I, I use this, ask this at least once during the podcast. And it's kind of just a generic, it's whatever um, it is for you. But what does success look like in this lifestyle for you guys that you've chose to live? Go ahead, Kim. You go. Well, for me, I just have to quote my favorite quote in the world. It's a quote by Rumi. It's let the beauty we love be what we do. And as long as I'm doing what I'm what makes me happy, I feel successful. Yeah, that's kind of mine too, but it's not so eloquent. <laughs> it's just a quote by Eric. It's a, if you love your job, you never really work. Exactly. I love that. Well, thank you all so much for joining me on the podcast. Where can people learn more about uh, y'all's music and your yoga, Kim? Uh, my website right now is tropicyoga.com. And my website for music is Island Eric. Island Eric. Com. I love that. Yeah. And we're putting together, we're putting together one together because we're this whole lifestyle transition for us is called boat to bus. And it's, you know, B O A T T O bus boat to bus.com. That's, that's just now starting. So, you know, don't even go there today. It's not not there yet. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Have y'all, I'm sure y'all have seen uh, one of my favorite RV blogs is gone with the winds. Have you guys read their stuff or seen any of their YouTube videos? No, no we're just fun. starting to get into the RV world. Yeah, so. totally. That's yeah, fun. you should check out their YouTube channel. They just went from an RV to a boat, but they've oh. been—they uh, <laughs> have a lot of awesome and super helpful videos and uh, YouTube uh, stuff on their channel. So I will—I'll uh, link up to them and y'all's websites in the show notes. And thank you all again for being on the show. That's thank awesome. you very Thanks. much. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. If you want to check out any of the links mentioned in the show today, head on over to heathpaget.com forward slash episode 18. That's episode spelled out and then the number 18. And you can find all of the show notes over there on my website. Also, if you haven't left a review for the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, I would love to hear from you in iTunes. Each review helps more people find the show and you can do that really, really easy in iTunes if you just search the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, and then click ratings and reviews in iTunes to leave one. Super simple. I'll see you guys next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.